Take thrift. What's really good, brother? Nothing much, man. I just want to first of all say that was an amazing story, man. It's yeah, so yeah. inspiring mm-hmm. for many reasons. You know, to just segue into it, you know, that's uh, there's nothing better than seeing somebody really go ham like that, man. That's amazing. You know, um, but I'm good, man. I, I'm just uh. This is. The, I want to thank you for your time, man. I, you you've been with us now a couple of hours, and I mean, it's it's, it's been it's been. A pleasure meeting you guys. It's really been it's really been dope. You're 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 basically Terrace One's DJ. Uh well, you know they picked me up for the tour that's happening right now. Okay. So okay. I'm filling in for like uh, as they wanted to expand the tour and put um, Sun One. Shouts out to Sun One. Sun One. Uh, the hype right. man. Okay. And then that he was the DJ at the time, so okay. he needed a DJ. Got it. Got it. And you know we're the homies from back in the day. He knows I go back like that. Paid a lot of dues. Came to a lot of Temple of Hip Hop things, DJed free events for the Temple of Hip Hop community mm-hmm. with him okay. for free and all that. And so he was like, you, I'm putting you on. Damn. How was, wow. how was that receiving was that? Let me ask you, before, prior, because we've spoken earlier this right. evening and you've had, you've had your, um, your rounds with, with, yeah. with a few MCs. When you get the call from the minister mm-hmm. and he says, yo, KRS needs. <laughs> I mean, essentially, like I'm when, saying um, it funny, but well, it was a kind of a funny story because, um, you know, some of the, it echoes some of the things Minister was talking about right. over here earlier right. about, you know, uh, you know, I had quit my job about two years ago to really mm-hmm. focus on my dream, right? Because you know, I started DJing when I was like ten years old, right? Right. Have you always DJ been eight years thrift? Old. Have you always been DJ thrift? Nah, yeah, no. <laughs> the moniker changes, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. believe in endings. I'm fine with that. Okay. But, you know, so. I mean, you need to start, renew, stop okay. something. You know, I read a lot of Carlos Castaneda, and that inspired okay. me to okay. stop. Something's not right. End it right End there. End it and, and move then, on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've gone through a lot of me. AJ Love back in the day. Okay. Okay. I played around with the AJ Ski, you know what I mean? AJ I had no Ski idea why they were calling themselves that in Bronx. But, you, know, <laughs> right, right, right. you know what I mean? Like, I was just, you know, I, was just, I went through a lot of things. You know, I had, um, you know, Cosmo at one time. Okay. I was on my space stuff. That turned into Nebula. Then Neb, oh, you went in. Wow. You, know, you, went in. you know what I'm saying? Okay. Because um, my life has really been, since I quit, Okay. Thrifting to stay alive. I'm thrifting records from stores. Mm. I'm thrifting clothes, antiques, okay. um, and that's how I've been able to support myself since I quit my job. And sometimes it's tough. And right. I was in a spot about a month ago, not even maybe three weeks ago. Actually, it was two weeks ago, and everything was not going right. Cars were breaking down. Shit. Hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars that we've made busting mm-hmm. our butts, you know, not working for anyone else. <laughs> People are getting sick. Doctor bills are popping up. It was just unmanageable. You know, <clears throat> didn't even have money for food. Yeah, and I times. just one night, man, I got to the point where it was just really like that, de- like desperation. You know, like what am I gonna have to do? I gotta right. go get a job. Oh, sorry about that. No, it's cool. Sorry. And I was like, hell no. I was like, what are you saying to yourself in your head? Mm-hmm. You manifest this shit. It's, it's do or die now. You're in this. Get rich or die trying. And I was, um, you know, uh, smoking a cigarette in, in my apartment bathroom, okay. and it just hit me like, I just was like, what am I going to do? Right. What is? What do I need to do to make the next level of this happen? Right. Mm. Not, you know right. what I'm saying? And I'm ready for it. 
You know what I mean? I've been practicing my visualizations. Okay. You know, seeing myself out there with you know hundreds of people, thousands Absolutely. of people. Absolutely. And it just wasn't happening. And then all of a sudden, I just prayed to God right there. You know, it was like maybe one in the morning. My fiance was sleeping on, and I was just praying like, please. And then something just downloaded and said, start practicing this energy. I had a dream that night. Start practicing this breathing exercise to ground yourself. Right. Hmm. Because something's about to take off. Hmm. Three days later, someone calls me up, and I was just like, "Wow!" So it's the same thing. It's like I, I didn't. It wasn't me. It was like there's something about divine intervention, destiny. Okay. okay. That. Okay. Right. It could have happened to me when I was 16 if I was that bold as the teacher was when he was 15 and 16. Right. You see what I'm saying? He just right. had the guts to just go out there and lead and, and walk the path took me 44 years to do that mm. you know for real you know what I mean yeah. and, and also living right mm. you, know, you know what I'm saying like Absolutely. making sure that I'm living walking the spiritual path I'm not getting pulled into all um, negative thoughts right. that could be self-deprecating because then you manifest that sure right. and then you don't even know why that's happening to you and you don't realize because you're thinking these things all the time right right um, so it was just a blessing to even get that call and next thing I know I'm going to train and then I'm we met and you know we're here and then here I am now it's um, <laughs> it's remarkable it's a, it's a hell of a story absolutely you know it's so fresh too <laughs> new it's like yeah right it's like it's like you know in terms of my connection with this tour it's brand brand spanking new you know okay. I have worked things just because I cared about what Sun One was doing you know mm. there's mm. people in the community especially at that time hip hop was getting really weird like in terms of what they were talking about with okay. drugs and just really pushing it. And they always did with weed and, and 40 ounces. Right. And they talked, some MCs talked about cocaine, mm -hmm. but now it's like on another whole... It's more like from the perspective of the drug user more right. than anything. Right. So you're really listening to dope music. We understand what I said there, but I mean, for those that don't, you know, you're listening... Just a bunch of junkies mm -hmm. that have nothing to say that are, what is it? Uh, how can I put They're like a bunch of puppets on drugs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's. Well, and it just it it had moved me, man, because I spent, sorry, I spent so many years really trying not to go that path. And you know, I was a Fuji's head in the 90s, for example, when right. he was huge. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was like, what? what's going on here? You know, uh, when NWA came out in the 90s, I was in the tribe in De La, and, you know, that was my thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't really understand because I didn't come from that. You right, know what I mean? Right, but I course. but I knew that, you know, I had friends that were into that stuff. Oh, right. But they were in the tribe, too. They were in a, And I just wanted to, like, really let, you know, the new generation know that there are people from that school that still care, that are doing things for the community. Mm -hmm. We're trying to uplift the world and uh, leave it a better place than we came. And that really was mm -hmm. my, my thing for okay. it all. You know, so, so that's that's what kind of got me here was some, you know working with Sun One. But let's talk about also your history because I mm. think a lot of people don't know that you've opened up for a lot of people too in the past. In you, the past, you I have yeah. a really yeah. Talk yeah. about that a little bit. I want, I want elaborate. Show <laughs> off. Yeah, brother. yeah. Show off a little bit. Show off. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not showing off. It's just, it's also part of me being really fascinated by the experiences I had. Mm. Um, you know, when I was thirteen. 
I started getting into DJing in um, 1985. Prior to that, I was a b-boy. Okay. Um, the first hip-hop song that turned me into the genre was Rapper's Delight. You know, my friend's sister had the 45, right, and right. she just bought whatever was pop, pop, and one of them happened to be that. We're all dancing. Then I hear Adventures of the Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel in 1980. I'm like, what is this song? A couple people in the neighborhood, shouts out to Grizz. He showed me how to scratch. And and you know I became a b boy and started battling at young age in Connecticut and right. you know my hometown of Middletown, and then I was just like little by little we got more into the culture we you know we found the DJs we learned how it was all coming together with the you know the two turntables and mm-hmm. a mixer okay. we didn't even have pitch control back then we used to have to hold the needle like wow. this or speed it up and yeah. do like quick mixes to like learn how to do it until we had a little more money can buy the joints with the pitch control of course, all right. right. and that just led me to keep going at it and I, we ended up opening up for like uh, was the 80s late 80s or I can't even remember I want to say it was 87 88 okay but it could have been earlier or later and we ended up our first show was opening up for Queen Latifah mm. Digital Underground Third Base and Big Daddy Kane Wow, and it was you know I met all of these guys a hell of at such a, a young age. It was crazy, and then you know they were all they saw how young I was. So right. of course they talked to me like, I can't believe you're here. You know like, what are you doing? Are you? you need you to be in the street or something, right? You know they were just like really like honestly it was Shock G from Digital Underground that really wow. like he was like, yo man, that's inspiring to see you that age up here, man. That's you know what I'm saying? Man. He really like gave me a lot of encouragement. He should, told me about how he made the Humpty Dance bass line. <laughs> so I know that story. He's like, he was like, we were just sitting in the studio. They had the beat. We couldn't find a bass line. And by mistake, I took the bend on the keyboard and went, ooh, ooh. And he said, everybody in the studio went crazy. He was like, that was a mistake. I wasn't trying to do that. I'm trying to find something else. And like, hey, <laughs> you know how that is. You those moments. So from there, it was just like, you know, I knew this is what I needed to do. I knew, you know, this was the path, but it was very difficult navigating through life. And I didn't believe in myself 100% with it. Hmm. You know, but I did some mega, mega massive parties and, and, okay. and cut my teeth with in the early days of hip-hop and it wasn't so, popular and everyone thought you know right what the who are you you know it was tough right it was, it was right. not easy you know but again i'm blessed you know what i mean you know and, and then I, I ended up opening up for so many people it's like i can't even believe it. it's like blue pay fiasco snoop dog mm. um you know and a couple times even for the teacher before I was even, you know, really connected with, with really? Sun and all that. Yeah, I just got called like, yo, we need a DJ last minute. Can you spin our beats? And, you know, I was like one of the first, we were like one of the first acts on. And we got to stay there and the B-Boys were rocking out and stuff like that. And these are all B-Boys that I knew because yeah. I DJed all these, these B-Boy battles for years. You know what I mean? So okay. it was crazy. Right. Um, opening up for um, Ludacris was probably the biggest show I've ever done in day. There was yeah, like 5,000 yeah. people there. Wale was on the bill too. So shouts out to the West End Blend for that plug. That was a okay. band. They were cool too. But my whole thing was doing cool stuff. You know what I mean? I I just really wanted to do stuff that represented vinyl culture and the samples, and um, you know, funk and, and just like hip hop and and you know, I'm into the 45 movement. I right, did vinyl right. nights for years for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. And it's just because it was inspiring. You That's know? what's up, man. But um, it really wasn't until the past two years when I made that that true commitment, right. that sacrifice, the pain, the struggles, the loss that comes with it, mm. that 
things started to manifest to the visualization that I was having. You know what I mean? Right. Well, let me ask you something. We talked earlier at at dinner, and I, I don't know if you want to fully disclose, but you mm-hmm. had a plan mm-hmm. of what you want to do um, that relates music, hip hop, to your prior job. Yeah. Do you want yeah. you want you want to touch a little bit yeah. on that just to let this and that's not let's market it because the world needs it. You know, um, okay. I studied um, uh, multiple intelligence. I got my master's degree in multiple intelligence. Okay. In order to stay a special education teacher in the state of Connecticut, you have to have your master's degree like by your tenth year teaching. God. Wow. So I was like, what am I going to do? Right I didn't want to go back and like study all these bull crap, you know, rote memorization or testing or something like that. I just, you know, I knew how to do it. And I found multiple intelligence, which is this whole education theory based on people have different strengths. Some people are musicians in the classroom, some kids are artists in the classroom, some kids are athletes in the classroom, okay. mathematicians intellects, whatever, even speakers. Some people just have natural communication skills and they can't do anything else. Right. Yet they can rise to huge positions in the world Absolutely. in incredible situations. Yeah. And we know countless examples of that in sure. society. My idea was to bring those things to at-risk use because I found those strategies to work mm-hmm. and did. We were making beats in the classroom. We were playing, teaching. I was teaching them how to play the bass. I was teaching another kid over here on the computer how to use Fruity Loops. Okay. And I was teaching another kid over here how to get your lyrics going. That's you, wild. you know, it was wild. It was wild, and it was popping, man. Okay. That, that class, people, the kids would stop in the door, and you know, they. It was to the point where they were trying to say, you're a distraction to the school. What? what? Mm-hmm. You see that shit? They're trying to play my man. He's, he's, giving him, he's giving him jewels. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to shit on his dream. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. It was. So I, you know, but when you're in a situation like that, you could get, it, it started to wear on me and gaslight me because I was saying that's horrible. Right. But people were saying that is horrible. Then I started to think, I'm at this job that's horrible. Mm. Every day, mm. I go home. I've had to deal with bullshit, which I didn't agree with, but I'd have to sacrifice my own principles. Right. You lose something else when you do that. You lose your life energy. Die inside. Your ability to manifest. Absolutely. The vibrancy, as the teacher told us the other night, okay. starts to die. Life and energy. Then, and then, right. So I think when we get nervous in life, we feel that something's not right. I feel like you're on the cusp of something really going wrong. Right. And if you don't do something radical to shake something up, and you could just, you know, kind of fizzle out into just being comfortable with sure. accepting being a pawn. And I didn't want to do that. I, I just had a higher vision. I knew they were wrong because I knew how they were. These students were responding, so I created my own curriculum. Yeah. You know what how, I mean? I how long did it take you that's to create it? Um, two years. Of steady work, so working on it yeah. all the time. I have a curriculum for the music. Right. I have a curriculum for the arts, and I have a curriculum for creative writing right now. That's I still have bad. to build it and get yes. to all the other eight. Uh-huh. But sure. I'm starting with those three, and I'm working with a school right now in in Connecticut, okay. a uh-huh. private school that Absolutely. serves at-risk youth that have even been kicked out of the regular school. Wow, look at that. Right. And um, they're all artists. They're all That's musicians. Dope. They're all want to do right. entrepreneurship. They don't believe in what the school is. Right, and I'm the guy who come in and say, "You're right. You can do this." Yeah. See, DJ, Let me show you how. Mm. DJ Thrift no. is really DJ the Hustler. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what's up, man. Listen, that's inspiring. I, I yeah. respect that. You know why? Because a lot of youth need that. Yeah. As as and I said this and I say this proudly, as a kid that grew up in special ed classes, because they said they don't they don't know how to manage 
people that are in special ed classes. Stick them with the retards and just leave them in a fucking classroom. Or they, and that's what it is. They take things personal and start to trigger kids. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah, they label it's, you. It's torture. You, yeah. It's torture to the child. Because then you start thinking, you start walking, you die inside. Mm. You feel like you're less of a human because you're in a class that, one, you probably can't switch classes like your friends. Or you're in there with people that have real issues. And you look at yourself as, as, as that's your measuring stick, mm. and you say to yourself, "What did I do to be in here with a, with a with that person?" Right. And that scars you mentally, because I I, I tell you from firsthand accounts, when the people had behavioral issues, it wasn't because they were retarded. It's just they didn't understand the teachers weren't trained properly. They weren't explaining. Right. You have to have a certain kind of rapport and patience level with students to be able to reach them so you can have that vibe. Mm. And a lot of people weren't willing to do that. So mm. what they would do, they treat us like cattle. Yeah. In a science class, we'd be doing mathematics. Write some stuff out and just hand it in and, and, and see how far you get within the hour. The right. bell would ring, you'd move on to the next retarded class, and the process would continue. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So that... You're saving lives, man. You 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 are changing lives with that, and that to me is incredible. I was getting a calling thing. It was like I knew I had to do this. I knew that this new generation is figuring out technology way faster than adults yeah. at a rapid pace. Two year olds know how to they know how to move better technology than adults. Mm. Right. That's crazy. My daughter is two. She's gonna be two. She knows that if she presses the little button on the iPhone. She knows how it could turn on. Right. And she knows if she runs her little finger across the screen, that motherfucker's going to run across the screen. <laughs> a two-year-old knows how to do that. You hand the phone to sometimes even me, and I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I'm struggling. I got to hit YouTube one time. <laughs> how Listen, do you do that How again? do you change the date? How do you set your alarm? How do you do this? How do you do that? Right. So the kids, are, the, you know, yeah, they're, they're moving. They're they on. Know. They know. And they're so my thing on. is to show them that rather than devalue that, Right. Which is what we got. Mm. You're gonna be a rapper right. <laughs> instead of devaluing. You're gonna it. work at McDonald's. That's what I got all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Instead of devaluing that, I'm adding value to that because in this day and age, it's yeah. even better than it was for us because mm. with the internet, you have Bandcamp, you have SoundCloud, you have right. all these internet gen um, sites that can generate revenue for you. Absolutely. At 13 years old, you can open up a bank account. There's a debit card. A lot of people don't know that. Right. Mm. You know, I had to research all of this to make sure I wasn't going to like have to eat cake and then be like, oh, right. you can't make money. Right. And I found out you can't. Right. 13-year-old can make art and sell it on Instagram. A 14-year-old kid that's a DJ can promote himself <laughs> through hashtagging. They already understand this, but to, so that they can generate followers, which ends up generating right. gigs, which ends up turning you into a... Um, you know, an influencer is what they right. call yeah, it. An and then you start getting paid sure. for right. nothing. Just like having lots of people follow you. And the, here's the cool so, thing about that, right? The cool thing about that is that you're being productive. You're being creative, more importantly. You guys have seen on the internet, on social media, where it's, where the meme says, stop making stupid people famous. Mm. Mm. You got a bunch of people that don't do shit with their lives, but post pictures of ass, possibly some titties. You know, they might have done a video and sucked a dick or something, and they're famous. Mm -hmm. 
But you have the opportunity. You have these kids, you know, that that can they can actually achieve success and make make a difference. Doing something productive. Make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's powerful. you know I'm digging that because there's a lot of people that specifically here in Florida that people move to Florida because the homeschooling laws are different. Right. They're more flexible and people can actually homeschool their kids. And there's a lot of people that look for curriculums or or training that you know for the kids to follow and do because right. you know they're upset with the school system. And now recently here in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're recording this uh, about it's been about three weeks from the shooting that took place at the correct correct uh, at, at a school here in Broward the County high school right yeah the high school yeah, yeah. Uh, so a lot of people didn't even want to bring their kids back to school. And a lot of people are now even thinking and considering homeschooling. Right. Because, you know, schools are not safe or whatever. Right. But the point is, you know, this type of education where you're tapping into the kids' abilities, natural abilities, talents, they're not going to think like everybody else. These are the people that that are, like you said, the entrepreneurs of the world. Right. You know? Right. Where do they learn? You know, they're already too smart for school. Right. They're bored. They're bored. That's right. That's why they're acting out. Yeah. Challenge them. Absolutely. You I know try. what I mean? Yeah. These hanging on teachers that yeah. just get their tenureship and give up. Hmm. Wow. And kids know. It's glaringly obvious because there's always one teacher in that school who's doing it right. Sure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So they know. They know the difference between the teacher that's putting it out there and the teacher that just doesn't give a crap. Mm-hmm. They just collect the check. You know, and how that, are you going to get somebody to the point where they're going to be a productive member of society, but they believe in themselves? Okay. You know, instead of just being a productive member of society, it's just sheep. Right. I want to reach the people that believe in themselves. Okay. I want to show you that you can take your family out of this horrible situation you're in. The streets or whatever mm. poverty, stress that comes along with it that the teachers don't want to pardon because they're just like, oh, you're giving them, you know, mm-hmm. being light on them. Yeah, but you don't have no idea what you're doing. You can now do this. You can empower yourself to go out there, make a living, and bring your family out of that into something great, yeah. better for the next generation. Well, wow. I'm here to show you that you can do that. If you yeah. have knowledge about something, you can monetize it. For free, yeah, right now. That's awesome. That's wild. There's there's the story of a girl, a young artist. She just was born with the talent of drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. You guys can research her, but like what you said, she ended up supporting her family at eight or nine because she was making portraits, mm-hmm. and she was just a natural artist. And they started selling her art on the internet, and it was selling. It was the kid prodigy that could draw. You know, she did the face of Jesus, and she just drew it, and it was just incredible. You know, famous artists contact her. How? What's your technique? How do you do it? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it just, I just, it it just it. happens. It right. just happens. Like, but wow. she took her family from literally poverty. Mm-hmm. She's she basically is the the income. She's the income of the That's house. Unbelievable. That's you know, yeah. so. You know, there are, there's a lot of children that are in the school systems or in private schools or in charter schools, and, and parents are thinking something's wrong with my kid because he can't. He gets, you know, they're being graded. Right. You he know, can't, you know, is the literal, the, the, you know, it's not speaking on time or 
His math is slow. Right. Hey, but he could draw. Right. <laughs> Where's the push for that side? Right. How come there's not equal weight there? Right. Oh, he's not. He, you know, he's that's not my kid. Doesn't have any skills. He doesn't do math. He's talking back to the teacher in English class. But he could run a 50-yard dash faster than anybody in the school. <laughs> Where's the kinesthetic path for him? Right. Mm. Wow. You know, and that's what I want to. It's already been around. I guess there, you know, it's, it's been around. But I'm trying to bring that with hip hop and urban music and what my okay. experiences are, and and reach that group of people. Cool. You know what I'm saying? I want to I want to reach them and let them know that like you've given me this culture, and now it's time for me to give it back to you. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. heavy. Yeah. That's heavy. That's beautiful, actually. That yeah. shit is fly, man. Cause you know, at the rate that it's go, at the rate that things are happening with hip hop, right? Well, let me say rap music, not hip hop. Right. I mean, we understand the difference between the two. It's on the bird, like you said earlier. The teacher sometimes has his days where he's like, "What the hell's going on?" That's that's disturbing to see a man of that stature, of that to feel that way. Like I feel ashamed that he feels that way because of we've let the music go that far. Mm-hmm. And now it's cool to talk about being a druggie. It's cool about you know with the with the the guns and all of the violence, that's always been part of, because that's just, you know, but you're not living that life. You know, you're you're comfortable with mom and dad. You're not busting guns. You're not doing none of that. You got guys that, you know, the, the, the gangsters. Social media has made everybody a social thug now, mm-hmm. right? And we've swayed so much from that that, you know, it really takes guys like like DJ, DJ Thrift, and the minister to to actually make that change, be that curve that's gonna save what we love dearly. Because I mean, damn, if it wasn't because we all love hip hop, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, we wouldn't have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And that's everything. You leaving, we leaving legacies mm-hmm. for our children mm-hmm. in the things that we do. Because obviously, and we all know, it's bigger than us. It's hip hop. First, and it's not going anywhere, you know. So it's 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 really been eye opening. It's it's been a pleasure to really been here and be part of this podcast today. Cause you know I've 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 interviewed I've interviewed drug dealers. I've interviewed uh, Croatian daredevils. I've, I've, I've you know it's been a variety of people I've had on the show, mm-hmm. and I gotta say this is one of the coolest experiences that I've had. Cause it, it's it's inspirational. Right. Inspirational. It makes you want to keep going and pushing, mm-hmm. right. so we get the just do that we need. Right. That's it. Yeah. So I want to encourage again everybody get the gospel of hip hop, uh, presented by Kara's One. And I just want to say, uh, Minister, mm-hmm. you were there when this was being produced. Yeah. And yeah. you you had some influence mm-hmm. in, in the book mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to. I just want to say because a lot of people don't know that. And, yeah. And I'm, recon- I'm in the in the book. It's I'm recognized as the intellectual and spiritual contributor to the book itself. Oh, that's so, dope. Yeah. That's really yeah. Dope. I was really grateful that he hooked me up like that. I mean, because we would talk about it, and um, you know, this is a side that people don't get to see. But you know, this is just to me. I always find this fascinating. Is that you know, this book is I don't know what is that one five hundred six hundred pages, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
you know, it's up to like over a thousand now, the second instrument. Um, he's been writing since then, building off the concepts wow. and stuff. So there's a new version of this. There's one. a new version. So this is yeah. is this outdated or no? No, you really got to get that knowledge down before okay. the next one. Okay. The next one only builds off of that. It just that's, that's the foundation of it. So what's the next one called? This is the second instrument. This one's called the first instrument. Okay. The second, the second instrument, which is it's that book, but it contains you know four or five hundred more pages of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's okay. he's got um. He's, he's got, I can't tell you the names of the other books he's got coming out because it's secret, but he's got two other books written. Okay. Totally different subjects. Hip-hop, but more philosophical okay. etymologies on words and things. Um, okay. Very, very needed, useful knowledge. Um, but with the gospel of hip-hop, I like to tell people this is what they don't understand is like when you write a book of that caliber, 30 years of knowledge get put into the book and mm. stuff, and you're touring, and you're raising a family, right. and you're recording albums, and, you know, whatever else he's doing. There would be times where people would be like, "Well, why isn't, why isn't Chris getting back to me?" I'd be like, "Well, because he's writing the gospel of hip hop right now." Well, why is he don't call me? Because he's writing a book right now. Like you got to, you, writing a book's different than writing lyrics. You only got to write, you know, you know, a couple sixteens and a hook, and then go record it. You can do that in an hour and a half, but to write a eight hundred page book, I mean, and that it's good information, and that his knowledge is going to be right. useful, and that it's not just some bullshit. It's it, like actual. Right. It holds weight. It's, it, it holds weight. Absolutely. People don't see that side of it, so they see the book and, and like I saw it because we we would you know we'd be on a tour and he'd be like, all right, we're going to be stopping and say Atlanta for a week, hmm. and I'd be thinking, great, we're in Atlanta for the week, we'll get this that and the other thing organized and stuff. And hmm. teacher would just be like, this is why he would need us at the crew or whatever. He he would go into his room, and I remember it would just be funny, you know, he'd be like. We go pick up the food, knock on the door, his hand would pop out and be like, Thanks, gentlemen and then like the door would close again. And we go for like two or three days without you know, or whatever, bring in the next meal or, you know, whatever, you know, we'd all go out to dinner real quick and he'd be out talking and then his mind would be right back to the gospel, he'd be out there writing it. So he really dedicated a lot of time and energy that he didn't have to. Of course. This and the reason I say he didn't have to is because you're talking about somebody who's successful in their field who as a rapper, quote unquote as an MC, getting honored on VH1 and this, that, and the other, and touring all the time, he didn't have to do that for the knowledge. He could have kept all that knowledge to himself, right. maybe made more money, had more houses, or whatever. Mm -hmm. He don't live like that. He's a very humble person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he'll drive a nice car. He doesn't drive the best car. Uh, students, often the students will have, you know, the nicest student in the in our in the temple. The student with the nicest car usually has the nicest car. It's not the teacher we're driving around the nice car. He, he, he lives in a, you know, a modest house, um, rents houses and stuff. He doesn't own houses. Right. And, and that book costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to make. When you think he's just putting up a few people in a hotel room for a week, there's a couple thousand right there with the food and stuff. Well, I, let me write this. You guys handle all the business and the work that I can't do. I need to write the book. I need to concentrate right. on the book. Right. Thousands of dollars went into that book and uh, hundreds of thousands. I, I don't even know how to... Uh, contemplate how much time and energy went into the book because yeah. he, he put this he came out of pocket he did this and all stuff. out of pocket now the printing of itself is was powerhouse publishing okay mm, they okay. put they put that we didn't pay for the printing of the book right but you know he's making i don't know a couple bucks off of every book that sold you know right. a few bucks he worked out a good deal with them mm -hmm. but okay well, anybody who's got a 
book printer out there who wants to sell it to us or donate it to the Temple of Hip Hop where we can print our own books. Absolutely. That's when the second instrument's coming out. We're going to print up our own books, make our Okay. Maybe we'll have a publisher do it, but we're really looking into getting the Temple of Hip Hop self-sufficient with our own publishing, our own book, mm. you know, so we can start printing it. He's got other books that's ready to come out, mm. uh, you know, and, and, and I'm just saying, like, you know, this book is really personal to me because it, it became my life purpose and my life mission. I really feel like, um, you know, I joked earlier that if, if I would have passed after the, uh, I got the answering machine message, I would have been happy. Right. You guys won't call me answering machine. Mm. But really, I, I thought about it. I had a near-death experience um, about two years ago. I, w- I was driving down a hill. I was driving up a hill in the mountains, and this truck was coming on head-on. Oh. And, like, I would have either driven off the side down the mountain. Oh, you would have smashed right Or I would have smashed into him. And, like, right at the moment I needed, there was a, enough dirt to pull over. Dudes flew by me. And I didn't even, I wasn't even shaken. I was, I found a sense of peace. Like, I really thought I was going to die at that moment. And I was so filled with peace, it tripped me out. That bugged me out more than almost getting in a wreck. I was like, wow, mm, I really damn. felt peace. Right. And I had another, you know, when I got in the other, it's, I didn't, why do I feel such a peace? I was like, that's crazy to say, but how came, I was like, we got this book out in the world. Mm. Like that was an idea. That was an idea that didn't exist. Mm. And, and, and that's how I know hip hop city is going to happen because it's the same, the same principle, the same thing, the same belief system that brought that book into reality will bring the temple, the, the, the the temple of hip hop, but really hip hop city, hip hopia, we call it now. Okay. That the same, the the same, that teacher came up with the hip-hopia. We're not even ready for that kind of No, no, we're not. Ready. No, you got to let it in. I don't but even know what I tell saying, people man. that, and seeing how, this, how easy, it wasn't easy to get the book out. It took a lot of dedication and time, but the belief, the belief, the, the and, and. And I want to bring that word up again, the commitment. The commitment, Absolutely. yeah. To yeah, the willpower. Yeah. Yes, willpower. Wow. Yo, commitment is deep. I, I, I'm a strong believer in commitment. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that what's wrong with the world today in a lot of ways? Like all these relationships falling apart? I look at, I look at, I look at girlfriends I've had and say, where's been the commitment, you know? Yeah. Where, where's the commitment? Because when I'm getting into a relationship, I'm getting into it for the commitment of it. I'm like, I'm committed to this. We can build a life together. Right. And it, it was it's a, something maybe we just uh, take for granted, of, you know, late 30s, early 40s, that, like, we grew up in an era where, like, that was still a thing. Was. Wives and husbands were committed. Families were, people were committed to each mm-hmm. other. Where, uh, 2018, it's like, don't commit to anything. Right. Like, like, right. like it, it's like, why? Like, commit yourself to a purpose, to a movement, to something that really, that is bigger than you. Like yeah. we were just saying earlier, right. it's bigger than you. Commit to that, you know? I think this dojo is a great commitment to that. This mm. is bigger than you and your martial arts skill, your dad and his mm-hmm. martial arts skills. Like, who knows how many countless kids have gone through this oh system. Yeah. But, they, but their mindset was different when they left. Yeah, oh, yeah. They came out and they, they looked at the world and they didn't feel like a victim when they stepped out the door. Absolutely. Right. Listen, Minister, I, not to cut you up, mm-hmm. I'm going to share a story that he shared with me. Mm-hmm. And this is how I knew that, just like you said, this was bigger than them. Mm-hmm. He, gave, he gave a speech after a class, I believe, right? You correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You remember the story. Yeah. And the speech that he gave at the end of the class mm-hmm. moved a, a student mm-hmm. so much that he found, he found a student in her vehicle mm-hmm. crying. Mm-hmm. 
And he asked her, was like, listen, I'm just concerned. He's like, you're okay. Mm-hmm. And what did she say to you when you when you asked her? Like, what happened? Yeah. She just said the words that, you know, the words that you said. Mm-hmm. Every class I give at the end of the class, I either do a meditation mm-hmm. or a short speech. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a guest that's here, I have them say something, mm-hmm. whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just give my everyday theme of the month, whatever it is I'm, I'm talking about, right. and give it to the class. Mm. And she said it moved her so much. She said that's what was missing. It was What I said was something that was missing in her world. Wow. And I sometimes I speak about self-esteem, self-confidence, all the self. Self-esteem, self-confidence, self-control. Mm-hmm. You know, those. I, I talk about all of that, because sure. martial arts has to do with a lot of the self. Yeah. You know? So, so she was touched. And, you know, and, and there's many times that I come in here, mm-hmm. and I've done this for a long time, mm-hmm. at this same location, mm-hmm. that I, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And But those are the stories right. that keep me coming to mm-hmm. this dojo. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I have a purpose here. Yeah, that's just the ones you get to hear about. Like, that, yeah. You know? There's so many yeah. that I probably didn't hear. Yeah. Right. Because right. people have a hard time expressing that sometimes, yeah. especially younger people, you yeah. know. Wow. And and there's times that I say I'm not coming back. Yeah. That's it. I'm not going in. I'm not going in. Yeah. My wife looks at me and she's like, you know, you gotta go in. I said, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna call everybody. I'm canceling the, the whole class. Mm-hmm. We're doing something else. Mm-hmm. I gotta do something else. And something will happen that will keep me here. I I've left a few times, by the way. I've left and come back. Mm-hmm. There's times where I've actually left, you know, uh-huh. I had to leave. Yeah. I end up, you know, picking up a broom somewhere else, yeah. literally. Uh-huh. You know, because I don't want to teach, uh-huh. I'll clean, uh-huh. I'll do something else, yeah. you know, because I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, you get burned out. I think you can get burned out, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I don't know how the teacher uh, does it, mm-hmm. you know, I really don't. Cause it's probably similar to, like, you know? like I mean, not to put his stuff out there, but yeah. you know, he'll be like, I don't want to rap anymore. Yeah. I need, you know, right. like like yeah. people pawn at him all the time, fake people all the time, right. real people all the time too. You know, yeah. just hearing people's tragedies, hearing their successes. You know, I think the successes and hearing like how you know he knows it's motivating them, and so that's what keeps him going. But right. you know, like he's been doing it for a long time. You know, he's. 50, he was born in 65, so he's 53 now, and wow. like how, you know, there. and he's been, and championing the cause, not just rap, not just the career right. itself, but like yeah. what you're saying, like teaching people about self-esteem, self-motivation, self-creation, right. all of this stuff. And hey, he's, like, a, he's a whole movement onto himself. Yeah, right. yeah. To his credit. So, that's you incredible. know, he, he feels like that too at times. I, I, yeah. I, I can say that from experience, you know, yeah. you know, and, and but it's always like, yo, but that's the motivating factor, too. It's like, yo, man, I, right. I touch people's lives, and yeah. i got to keep going. And, yeah. And, it, and, and you know, he'll hear, he'll run into somebody at a gas station and be like, yo, you changed my life. This right. album, this song at this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, that, if, yeah. If, if I ever got the chance to talk to him like that, I mean, I probably wouldn't let his hand go yeah. and name off every song <laughs> that, that just blew my mind. Yeah. It was like, you're the reason why I am hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. how real that. Is. And if he gets to hear this, mm-hmm. when when we were at the concert, mm-hmm. he he got off the stage and he took selfies with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, everybody that was in proximity that he could. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm like he's getting closer because I was all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. He's getting closer. 
I'm like, nah, let me try to get a selfie shirt. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh-huh. He got really close. I didn't know he was so tall and whatever, you know? <laughs> like, so he got really close. I reached out, you uh-huh. know? I don't know. I had this feeling. I got to reach out. Let me touch cameras. Uh-huh. You know, let me get some of that energy. Uh-huh. You know, because I believe in that. Yeah. So I, I touched him. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, it was like this, I didn't want to let him go. Right. You know, it was right. like, mm-hmm. the minute I let go, he turned around mm-hmm. and grabbed me, literally, Whoa. and we took pictures. Uh-huh. I took, oh, I took the pictures. <laughs> and, oh, you know, and I always wondered, the thought I had, mm-hmm. you know, for those of you that have read the Bible and studied the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, when Jesus was around, mm-hmm. you know, people would gather around him. Mm-hmm. And they would, you know, there was this woman that said, if I could just touch his robe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I would be healed, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt, literally, I felt something. Sometimes when I touched him, mm-hmm. I felt like a part of me was healed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, the events that take place after this Absolutely. is this podcast. Word, word. Oh, even. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's wow. like. Yeah, you know, yeah. I did not plan. I could have never planned this podcast. You know that, right? You know that right. this was not in the plan. We just, you know, we get together. Yeah, we see yeah. who's gonna come. Yeah. Nobody comes. Right. We do the podcast anyways. Right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. We do it. Yeah, you know. And it just so happens that it coincides with the time that you guys are down here, mm-hmm. and you know the miscommunication we had with him. I told him, listen, there's a mm-hmm. show. And he got, he got, he went to the, he went oh, to the wrong I went show. to the wrong show. He went yeah. to the wrong show. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And, and he says, listen, I've I, I met the minister. I actually went up to the minister and I hadn't seen, we'd spoken through Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we went back and forth and it was just, it just led to this, man. Mm-hmm. This, is, this has been yeah. awesome. This yeah, been awesome. it's been a real pleasure for listen, us. Listen, I, I want to thank you guys definitely. Yeah. Um. You know, we're going to wrap it up because we've been at it for a little bit. But mm-hmm. before we do, I, I need you guys to plug all the information where you guys are going to be at, mm-hmm. um, your music, anything you have. to, you know, how can they reach you, your IG, if you guys have it, by mm-hmm. all means, please let let the world know because mm-hmm. they, they, uh, they need to hear this. Mm-hmm. They, they need to be in contact with you guys because you guys have something powerful. So please, by all means, man, where, where can they reach you at? Well, um, they can reach me at DJ Thrift um, on Instagram, DJ underscore Thrift, okay. SoundCloud, DJ Thrift, and I have my own website, www.djthrift.com. So you can kind of tie into what I got going on musically, Word. the production, and DJing, and, and, the, and for and the curriculum, for the curriculum, yeah, um, same place, or do you want yeah, to email? Yeah, I do. You? I do. It's called Mosaics. My company is called Mosaics, and it's on my website. A brief description of it, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, What's your domain name again? Your website? Thrift.com. Okay. Thrift.com. Yeah. I mean, DJthrift.com. DJthrift.com. Yeah. Okay. That's Got it. Awesome. Awesome. That's the Oh, um, okay. Uh, Temple of Hip Hop on Facebook is the way to stay in contact with the Temple of Hip Hop. Right. If you're interested in the Temple of Hip Hop, Zinaru, Z-I-N space U-R-U on Facebook. Okay. Um, then I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll get you on the mailing list or our email list or whatever. Um, we don't have... A website up for Temple of Hip Hop, but you can go to krs-one.org. Okay. And there'll be a little history of the Temple of Hip Hop there. Amazon sure. Books or Powerhouse Publishing for um, hip hop for the gospel of hip hop. Okay. And uh, if you're interested in my music, I've got all my music up for download, or you can listen to it on Bandcamp. It's Zinaru 
and the HLAW crew mm. on Bandcamp. We just do Xander Rue on Bandcamp, but okay. I think Xander Rue and the HLAW crew Bandcamp will be for sure. You'll yeah. know that one's mine. Um, and Minister, uh, do me a favor, spell yeah. that because the internet's at this point. They listening. They probably drunk off of some forty okay. ounces. Yeah. <laughs> they probably uh, okay. break that down for them. So, Z Z I N space U R U. Okay. And the H L A W crew C R E W. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's yeah. up, Minister. So. You know, for people, you know, I just want to say something. Yeah. About H law. Because yeah. this this book is fire. Okay, okay. And you the know, H law stands for hell. That's what I wanted to go okay. ahead. Oh, okay. Say it, say it. Going, oh. Yeah, say okay. it. H law stands for hell, love, awareness, and wealth. And that's that's our only law in the gospel of hip hop. Health, love, awareness, and wealth. Because wow. if it enhances any of those things in your life, that's the direction to go in. And it does. And it does. I'm yeah. telling you, I did I did the health today with my daughter uh-huh. and we, we we read through the gospel on the health topic okay. Okay. right here and mm. she was she was digging it yeah. this is a 13 year old yeah she was digging it yeah. she was like oh that's that, that's why I want to be you know that's why I want to eat different that's why I want to eat right okay mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I'm like well we're going to do it we're making an right. impact but there's a, there, there's teachers that okay you know and it's it's dope I mean, so that's the H law. The right H, it's H law. Yeah, H. Okay. Heavy <laughs> man. Listen, you guys definitely internet. Make sure you reach out and you support the gospel of hip hop. Get you the first testament presented by the Blastmaster. Um, you're gonna be in concert, right? Yeah, we've got a concert in um, Fort Lauderdale on the second. Okay. Uh, lecture at Chop Suey on the second as well. Right. Uh, and then we've got uh, Miami on the third. I'd have to look it up. No, no, don't worry about it. We got fourth and the fifth, too. We got concerts second, third, fourth, and fifth, I believe. Listen, Um, they're staying busy, man. We want to thank y'all so much for for appearing on on the show. It's been a blast. It's been really one of the better episodes that that I've ever been a part of. Um, And that's it, Internet. Listen, it's Kick718. You can reach me IG, Instagram, Feuno. Uno at Hip Hoppers Unite on Facebook. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, and we out of here, guys. I want to thank you. Peace. Peace. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>